0: Let us pray. O oh God, as your spirit inspired David's writing of this psalm, we ask that you would so inspire our hearing of it, that we might be transformed closer into the image of the Word made flesh, in whose name we pray, amen. <clears throat> One thing have I asked of the Lord, David said. One thing will I seek after. What is the one thing that you would ask of God? For most of us, that's a hard question. Not because we can't come up with anything, but because we are constantly praying for so many things. That's because we have so many hopes, hopes for our family, our children, hopes for our health, hopes for the church, hopes for this seminary. We have hopes for Christ's kingdom of justice and peace to more fully be revealed in this world. We have hopes for our own calling that somehow our lives will make a difference in the service of this Savior's work in some part of the world. We hope for all these things so diligently and we work for them with such fervor that life is difficult to keep balance as we run from one spinning plate to another and we pray over all of these things. But what if there was one thing that could hold all the other things? the one thing that David seeks after is to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Now, it seems like David has smuggled in two things here. (laughs) But for David, beholding beauty and seeking truth, is really one thing. Because they're so intricately bound up with each other, especially when it comes to dwelling in the presence of God, to worshiping God. You cannot do that without beauty and truth. You can't do that in life without beauty and truth. Integrated, bound up together. Beauty without truth becomes unmoored. It can become indulgent. It can even become dangerous and truth without beauty, it can only leave those with flat souls who are dead right. But when beauty and truth hold hands, it is always a call to worship. So we seek beauty and we seek truth. Now, Western Protestants have typically been better at inquiring and seeking truth than we have at beholding beauty. That's because we believe that through inquiring truth, we, we do that with words, and we like words. We are a people of the word. We trust words. You can do exegesis of words. We think words are powerful. God created the world with words. Let there be, and there was. And human words, we've discovered, are also very powerful, for good or for ill. Putting words together can be like the fusion of atoms. They can create or they can destroy. Tender words, like, I love you, can change someone's life. Harsh words, like, you're not the smart child. That can do more damage than can ever be repaired. So we try to handle words carefully. We try to construct a more rational, even more loving world with words. Beauty is, it's emotional, it's subjective. It's hard to argue beauty. It's in the eye of the beholder. We came to seminary to be a people who know how to rightly handle the words of truth. So when we get up to read scripture, we, we don't, we say things like, hear the word of the Lord, or maybe listen for the word of the Lord. But no one says, behold the beauty of the Lord, and then plows into Second Corinthians. <laughs> but, uh, but according to David, beholding beauty is half of what should happen in worship. It is as if some Protestants think that the Reformation The Protestants divorced the Catholics. And in the settlement, the Catholics got to keep beauty. (laughs) Which they maintained through their magnificent, awe-inspiring cathedrals, the liturgy, the mystery of the mass, their historic patronage of the arts. And the Protestants took custody of inquiring for the truth with our many words. Not that the Catholics agreed with this settlement. (laughs) But seldom does an art lecture begin with the words, the Calvinist painter. (laughs) There's some, but it's not frequent. It's not what we're known for. And Luther did not paint the Wittenberg doors. He nailed a lot of important words onto them. That's our legacy. That's what we know. But what if there was more than we know? What if there was beholding beauty and truth? The Africana, Asian, and Latin Christians have done better than Western Christians through their indigenous integration of beauty and truth. It can be found in their worship And their music and their dance as expressions of the life of faith. They have maintained the angel's favorite words in the gospel, which is, Behold. Behold. That's what you do when you approach beauty. Behold, there is more than you have assumed. Behold, there is more than your carefully parsed arguments with words can find. Behold, God has conceived something in your life that you did not plan. Behold, the word has become flesh. The temple that David so much wanted to build, but could not. The dwelling place of God has become flesh and dwelt with us, and we have beheld His grace and truth. You cannot behold the Savior without being overwhelmed. beckons your life in a whole nother direction, one that follows him. And you cannot follow Jesus Christ to the places that he will take you without coming to worship, where we behold his beauty and inquire more deeply into his truth. The truth is that this savior left the splendors of heaven where the streets are paved with gold in order to walk our dirty roads. To this day, he walks the roads past children who are going to bed hungry if they have a bed. The roads where people are gunned down in the streets just because of the color of their skin, and when where others are slaughtered just because assault weapons are so legally available. He walks on the streets that literally flow with blood. And the angels say, behold, there is a savior in the midst of all of this hurt and this pain. Behold, there is another way. Behold, the hard truth. The Savior cannot be near without us having to encounter the difficult truths as well as the beautiful ones. We have to encounter the hard truth that we are destroying the garden God gave us to care. And in our guilt and in our shame, we've blacked out all of the windows into heaven so we don't see that beauty. Behold, there is a deeper truth, though, that God would not remain in the splendors of heaven, but broke through. God would not allow holiness to reside only in a temple, but it broke out of the temple, and it now walks past us, dwells with us in the flesh. That's the beauty of that truth, the beauty and the truth so entwined. The beauty is that there is always a Savior who is more near than we can see. The beauty is that he is at work even when we are not. And the beauty of the gospel is that no matter what we've done or left undone, Christ still calls his church to imagine this other way and to follow him. That's why we worship, to behold the beauty and truth of our salvation. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.